Welcome to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe how controversial my last podcast was. I just can't believe that something as simple as what you wear to church can be that big of a deal. And it seems so clear when you look at Scripture. So if you thought I was controversial last week, man, apparently I'm going to be really controversial today. Now, the whole point of this podcast, I will say, is not to be controversial. The point of this podcast is to reach out to those that have been burnt by church, that don't want to go to church because of stupid things like we talked about last week. My goal is to simply remove obstacles from people that they might give church a second chance, that they might be willing to really look at what Jesus has to say, because I personally believe that being a Christian is truly where life is because of what God has for us there. So anyway, I want to be able to remove those kinds of things. The church, unfortunately, is known more for what we are against sometimes than the things that we are for. And so it's just ridiculous to have to deal with this stuff. But I want to talk about some things today. You know, people will will twist things that they see in Scripture, or they will simply ignore what Scripture has to say altogether just for the sake of their traditions. Because they've always done something a certain way, then they continue to do that no matter what the Bible has to say. I never forget being in a church and and once a month we would take communion. And at the front of the church there was the communion table and the grape juice was there and was ready to go. The bread was there, it was ready to go. But over the top of it was this big white cloth. And as the deacons would go forward to get communion ready, they would take that cloth and they would fold it up ceremonially like a flag. And it seemed so odd to me. Why Why is this so important? And I remember asking someone, where does this tradition come from? And a lot of people had no idea, but they finally got in touch with someone. And this old lady basically remembered that the only reason they had ever put a white cloth to begin with over the juice was because there were all kinds of flies and they didn't want the flies to get to the juice. There was nothing important about a white piece of cloth, yet they had treated it so ceremonially special and wrapped it up like a flag. Those kinds of things need to get out of the way. The sake of our traditions are not important compared to what the Bible actually has to say and what the truth is. And so today I want to bring up an issue that will certainly cause a lot of controversy. And basically it's simply this, the Bible does not prohibit the drinking of alcohol. It just simply does not prohibit the drinking of alcohol. It has a lot of cautions about drinking alcohol, in particular, uh, probably from beginning to end, it talks about not getting drunk, of course, which is a, a, a very smart and wise idea. I believe that scripture, when it teaches things, it's very practical. But it, So what it boils down to is it's kind of like the issue of fire. Fire can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing. If you use fire to cook food and to stay warm, it's a great thing, but fire can also burn. But just because fire burns does not mean that you should not use it. And alcohol has been portrayed in the church as something that that God is against, and that's just not what the Bible has to say. The Bible is against drunkenness for for various reasons, for the reasons of a lack of self-control. And it can lead to all kinds of, of issues as a result. 
But what I would say today simply is that I don't believe that we should throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, to use that, that colloquialism. We should be able to understand what the truth has to say because I believe that this is another issue that, peeps, pe- that keeps people from coming to church because it's another one of those things that the church seems to be against rather than sharing the things that we are for. So I want to share with you just a couple of scriptures today to give you an idea of some of this. Now, we find in, um, in different parts of the Bible this aspect of don't get drunk. Okay, The most common thing is Ephesians chapter 5, and it says, Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't say not to drink it. It says don't get drunk. Another one says in Proverbs says, Do not gaze at wine when it is red and when it sparkles in the cup. When it goes down smoothly, yeah, when you when it's to the point of you're going to get drunk, stop drinking. Do not drink wine when it sparkles in the cup. But the Bible does not teach not to drink it. In fact, what we see is in Psalm 104, just to give you a couple of examples, it says, speaking of God, it says, He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. Another passage says this, it says, Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Now here's a controversial verse in the Bible that I don't think I've ever heard anyone preach on or talk about, and it comes from Proverbs 31. This is a very controversial verse, but you know what? It's in the Bible, and so I want to share it with you. And it says this. It says, Give strong drink to the one who is perishing, and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. Now, I'm not a proponent proponent of of drinking to to wash away your problems, but it but it almost appears that's what Proverbs 31 has to say. But my main point is simply this, is that God is not against alcohol, is against the misuse of alcohol. The very focus of our faith as Christians is around Jesus. And so one of the things that we like to do as well is to look at what Jesus did, what he taught, and so we can learn from that. And what's interesting about Jesus is that we find that his very first miracle that he ever performed was turning water into wine for a wedding. And a lot of people in traditional churches will say, no, that was, that was grape juice. Jesus never would have turned water into you know, alcoholic wine. But what's interesting is, if you read the rest of the story is, people came after they had tasted the wine and said, wow, man, usually people bring out the, the, the bad wine after people have already drank too much. Essentially, since they're already drunk, they're not going to understand that the second wine you bring out is the cheap wine. But they said, you know what, you brought out the, the best wine, you saved it for last. And so Jesus has, has obviously created something alcoholic here for his very first miracle. He's not against drinking. Now, one of the the other passages of Scripture that really jumped out to me in the last couple of weeks was this passage where Jesus is speaking himself, and he says, you know, what did you think about John? And people had all kinds of things against John the Baptist, and they did, you know, what did you think about John? You know, he came, he came, he did not come eating and drinking, and they said all kinds of things against him. And then Jesus refers to himself, and they said, but, you know, what do they say about me? They say that I 
am a, a glutton and a drunkard because I did come eating and drinking. Now, why exactly would they call Jesus a drunkard if what he had to drink was not alcoholic? Just a thought to put out there. These are not my ideas. These are not my opinions. These are things that are coming straight from Scripture. But you know what? I'll leave it up to you, obviously, to make up your own mind. But what I believe that the church should do is to make a clear distinction that the alcohol is much like fire. It can be used for good. It can also be used for evil. But I do believe that we should teach what the Bible has to say and not teach our traditions. It is true that alcohol can can cause harm in a lot of families, and I certainly respect that, and that is part of the aspect of, of where you need to be responsible when it comes to this. But don't let this be another issue that keeps you from coming to church. I hope that you will consider that. I hope that you will actually get to know the Jesus who truly loves you unconditionally. I hope you have an awesome day.